Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Ringing the Blues, the official Wiccan Wanderers podcast slash radio show with me, Phil Catchpole. On the show this week, we catch up with development manager Sam Grace about the latest goings on in his world at Marlow Road and Adams Park. Michael Houseshield is this week's Chairboys fan in Till Death Us Do Part. Plus, we have all the action and reaction, of course, from the trip to Burton Albion. But first, not many games in League One on Saturday, so we'll give Uri a week off the results, but... He does have some essential chair boys Spanish with us. Over to Mexico City. We are ringing the blues from Mexico City. It's me, Uri. So Super Sam Vokes has scored two in two since the Peter Crouch podcast suggested that Wiccan fans should sing his name to Vogue by Madonna. Come on, folks, let your body move to the music. So Cherboy Spanish this week, strike a pose. Okay, so that's difficult to translate since this is more of a pop culture phrase, of course, done by Madonna in the early 90s. And it's done the same globally. So in Mexico, we also say strike a pose. But if we need to translate it, let's go word by word. Pose, 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 pose. Strike, tirar. Strike, tirar. So strike a pose, tirate una pose. Or haz una pose, like do a pose. So Cherboy Spanish this week. Back to Ingerland with my amigo Filiberto Cachapollos. Until next week. Adios. Cheers, Uri. Right then, Wickham Wanderers headed to the Pirelli Stadium to take on Burton Albion. Matt Cecil joined us on commentary, and here's what happened. Tight pitch here, Lee. He goes long towards Vokes. Tappers on, he flicks on! Oh, and it's just wide from Dale Taylor. Flick on from Vokes, flick on from Taff. Taylor nodded on. Oh, sadly, he just has to check his run a little bit to go out wide. Gets there, hangs the ball into the box, and Wheeler off the line! And it lands down to Vokes, and that's great cover from Powell. And it's gone for a goal kick, and Sam Vokes can't believe it. It seemed to be a tackle. Brilliant opportunity for Wickham. Wheeler looked to have done exactly the right thing there, hit it back across the goal. It was cleared off the line, the ball landed towards Vokes and Powell lunged in and got a tackle in. It went wide, went behind, and somehow the referee's given that as a goal kick. Can't get away from Powell, but launched the ball forwards. So the baller gets a lucky ricochet, drops to the edge of the area and scores! What a strike by the baller! It landed at his feet fortuitously. 
but boy has he taken advantage of that because it sat up and he lashed it home right footed across the face of goal past the diving Max Striek to give Burton Albion the lead and Wicker Wanderers with it all to do here now because Burton Albion once they get a lead they like to hang on to it Grimmett cross to Bokes what yes! a goal Sam Bokes on the volley two in two for him Jack Grimmer take a bow because it was his deep deep run that set the position for Wickham Wanderers and at the third attempt his cross was pinpoint and Sam Bokes first time right footed volley Crocom the dive of desperation he wasn't getting anywhere near it the net nearly came off and Sam Bokes is four for the season but on one Wickham one Taylor on the right wing has got McCleary in support Taylor though lays it to the edge of the area. Wheeler's found some space, drills it off the bar. Great save from Crocombe. Crocombe got a fingertip to it. It's rattled the bar. It's still in play on the left-hand side. Leahy forwards on the overlap, cuts it back. Bokes again. Well marshalled. Still in play. McCleary, right-hand side now. McCleary goes for goal. Oh, Wickham Wondrous. A lick of paint away from taking the lead. Leahy digs a cross out. Bokes gets up, brilliant save again. Brilliant save from Croker, he tips it over the bar. Great header from Sam Bokes, it was dipping in under the crossbar. And Croker stretched every sinew and tips it over the bar. Five minutes will be added on at the end. Croker keeps it in play, there's no other corner. And the referee blows his whistle. It's a 1-1 score on the road, Wickham Wanderers will feel the more aggrieved of the two sides that they didn't get the three points, Matt, because they certainly created more, especially in the second half. They were hit by a sucker punch from Labala. Sam Vokes levelled things up and Wicker Wanderers went on the pursuit of the winner but were unable to find it. Crocombe, I would say, man of the match, Burton. Absolutely, yeah. Wickham have had all the chances in the second half, haven't they? Bar Burton, Burton's goal. Uh, Wheeler against the bar. Two excellent saves uh, from Crocombe in there as well all flashing across their box. We must have had so many touches in their area. Vokes was excellent. Wheeler, McCleary, Sadlier, Taylor, all brilliant in attack, just unable to find that clinical touch in the box. What is it, one defeat in six now for Wickham. There is resilience there. There's something building. We're getting you know more players back to fitness now. Sam Vokes looking uh, as strong as he's done all season and, and showing the form that he's that's made him a real Wickham hero down the last three years. Uh, excellent from Wickham all over the pitch. Just uh, unfortunate we couldn't capitalise and, and go on and win it at the end there. Full-time score here then at the Pirelli. Burton Albion won, Wickham Wanderers won. Gaffer, a 1-1 draw, uh, but a good performance. Very good. Um, very good performance again. We deserve to win. Hit the bar a couple of times. Uh, missed a couple of very good chances. Um, really disappointed with the goal that we gave away. Um, really disappointed with that, but... So pleased with the players for their character and how they reacted to the disappointment. Dominated the whole of the second half in my mind, apart from maybe a couple of minutes spell where we just sunk a little bit too deep. But really proud of the way we played. It was a tough surface to, to pass the ball. So we had to use our balls into to Vokesy as much as we could and, and play from the attacking half. Um, keep feeding our wingers. GMAC and Sads are in, both in good form at the minute. We kept feeding them. Um, so yeah, we, I'm sort of mixed between really proud and pleased with the performance. but thoroughly disappointed for the players and the supporters that we didn't um, get the win that we all felt we deserved. For the Burton goal, it was a great strike. What was disappointing, the fact that how, how the ball arrived to him at the edge of the area? Yeah, I think so. I think just the way we, um, we let the ball play down the line, then we didn't get tight to that first situation. Um, 
he's hit it, he's gone through bodies, um, maybe caught Max unawares a little bit, but I just think the whole way around it, the fact that we were in the ascendancy and, and found a way to give away a goal was, was frustrating from our part, but um, the boys um, didn't allow it to affect their um, concentration and the way they've been playing. I thought we'd start the second half extremely well. Um, so, yeah, and then after that, in my mind, um, watching the game, it was chance after chance. Um, like I say, we missed a couple of good chances, hit the bar. I thought Vokes, who was top draw, the two wide men, um, Dale and, and Wills. I thought, you know, to a man, I was really, really pleased with the performance today. Burton have gone one nil up here of late and, and seen it out. You must be pleased that Wickham forced their way through. Absolutely. You know, it's not, it's not easy in this league when you go behind, especially here against the team since they've gone to five at the back. They've been really resolute, not conceded any goals at all. So we knew that um, if we found ourselves behind, it was going to be a tough afternoon. But like I say, I'm really pleased with the way we played. Um, kept discussing whether it was the right time to make substitutions or not to, to go for the winner. But I didn't know at that point who you take off because GMAC was, you know, the whole of the front um, players were... And Vokes has got his goal, looked like he's going to go and get another one. So you kind of contemplate in your mind. We had chances near the end and unfortunately for us, it just didn't quite go in. A couple missed, but Sam Crokin for the second time this season has frustrated you. Yeah, um, he's obviously a very good goalkeeper. We, we, we know that. He's shop-stopping at home at our place and again today. I think he's had two very good games against us. I thought he was very, very good. There's a difference between winning and not. You know, occasionally it's the... It's the performance of the opposition goalkeeper and um, the quality of the finishing, but I can't criticise our boys. I felt like, um, you know, we worked, we've been working really hard. You know, we go back to Exeter and what a disappointing day that was. And then, you know, the next three games, we've, we've got, tried to go solid at Orient and put some building blocks in place. Um, there's obviously a lot of talk of frustration around at that point, but we knew that we needed to get solid building blocks with which to perform. Um, we took that on against Bristol Rovers, which I thought was probably our best performance of the season on Monday. I thought we were absolutely excellent and to be honest we weren't too far behind today I thought we created some you know numerous opportunities away from home on a surface that was tough to pass the ball it was a completely different game to Monday but we dominated all the same and um, just unfortunately for us we didn't didn't come away with the three points David Wheeler filling in for the suspended Josh Gunn in the middle of the park and, and had a good game absolutely he did yeah absolutely we it was a tough choice because KP's obviously been excellent for us this season um, but we just felt with um with the way the game was going to be in terms of the um, the midfield battle, so to speak, with Wills, um, with his experience and physicality, landing on second balls, competing for headers, arriving in the box. You know, he had a header um, early in the second half that nearly scored with, and then he hit the bar with um, arriving on Twitter. I think he's very good in that role, so he felt like the right choice today, and I think um, that was vindicated. Richard Kone in the squad, first uh, match day squad since he signed. Uh, is that part of his sort of blooding in, sort of getting into the environment? Obviously, it's a big step from where he's come. Yeah, it is. We, um, you know, obviously with Brandon's injury and, um, you know, we don't have uh, um, many forwards with which to, to supplement Voxy with. I really wanted to get Richard on today, if I'm honest. I really thought maybe do we get him on and see if he can get the winger, winner. But Sam was playing that well that you can't really take him off. Um, and I thought Dale... Um, was very, very good. Arriving, him and Sam seem to have a really good understanding. He arrives on Sam's knockdowns, arrives at the front. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big step for Richard. Um, we've got to be really careful not to put too much expectation on his shoulders. Um, but at the same time, we've, we're really pleased to have him here and it was great to get him involved today. And how was today for you? Obviously, the touchline ban. Uh, where were you and how did you find it? Terrible. I found it terrible. <laughs> I was actually in a hospitality room just behind the supporters. I could go and sit in the stand, but... I'd get in trouble if I shout out, apparently, to the pitch. So I 
I thought I'd better just take that um, take that uh, uh, temptation away. So I'd stayed behind the glass and I was on the phone to uh, Lee Harrison all day, um, exchanging ideas and views. And um, I was with Tom Holder up in the... I think I entertained a few people up there. I was jumping around and I thought we'd <laughs> scored a couple of times. So they all had a good laugh at me, but um, it's all got done in good humour. I was just really proud of the way we played. And um, yeah, uh, so thank you to, for Burton for their hospitality. And looking forward to Tuesday, uh, West Ham under-21s in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. Uh, uh, changes for there or, or looking to keep momentum going? Both. Um, want to keep momentum going, but um, obviously Potsy won't be able to play. Josh Gowen's available, so there's one change straight away. Um, we'll have to got a couple of knocks today. We want to make sure we're, we're fit and raring to go next Saturday. So we might have to look at, you know, there's a couple of boys who maybe not played recently who feel like they deserve to play, so maybe an opportunity for a couple to come in, but we'll try and get the blend and the mixture right between um, continuity and fresh legs, as, as always, with a three-game week. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a heavy pitch out there and the boys put so much into it, so we'll have to reassess over the next couple of days and see where we're at. But, um, yeah, I think it's a game that I want to win. Obviously, we want to get through next round. Um, so, yeah, if we've just got to keep the continuity and the momentum that we're building at the moment because the last couple of performances have been very, very good. The thoughts of Wickham Wanderers manager Matt Bloomfield after the 1-1 draw at the Peretti Stadium. But what did the Brewers fans think of it? Here is the opposition view. Ilson Brewer. We had more than a decent chance of winning that, although it would have been very unfair on Wickham if we had. But it was a drudge of a game throughout, despite two very good goals. Crocombe kept us in it yet again. David. That were a poor performance, and we were lucky to come out of it with a point. It was only thanks to Wickham's poor finishing. I don't think we will be given the same reprieve in the two matches next week. MH3003. Well... Sam Vokes could have had an apple today instead of just the one great goal. He had a great battle with Hughes, but we got away with it again. Hughes and Bayford were the only decent players on the field for the Brewers today. Too many can't head, can't pass and can't tackle. Carl. We was on the back foot for the entire game today. A good strike from Labella glossed over just how poor the team is. Crocombe has no command over his area and Bennett and Seddon offered nothing from out wide. It shows how bad things are when we bring Harper and Caprice on to change the game. Dazzle Bizzle. That were toxic. The whole lot of them need to sort their sh out. We were absolutely abysmal. And that was the worst Wickham side I've ever seen. We need direction and in the shape of a new manager. Benny boy. The beer pre-match was the best part of the afternoon. I've tried to come up with something really positive to say, but apart from the two goals, it was crap. Lucas Holland. One big problem with us is that no matter who we play at home, we always let them pile pressure on us in the last 15 minutes. I've never seen a game where we've done that to the opposition. It's an aspect that needs to change. Ian McGibbon. 
a grim match. But I thought the ref did well overall. <laughs> Although, I'll never know how Grimmer escaped a yeller after running 60 or 80 metres to remonstrate with him after he stopped the game for Camwa's injury. I just do not understand that whatsoever. Popside Pete, 59. There were only going to be one winner after they equalised and it weren't us. Two great goals, which a poor game like that didn't deserve. Grateful for a point in the end, but it weren't pretty. And we're still looking over his shoulders. Brad. We didn't get forward at all. We had one lucky shot and scored, and then we defended for our lives yet again. It's about time we got a manager. We might not be as lucky as previous seasons, if we carry on this way. Mikey boy. Maybe it's been so bad this season, I'm easily pleased. But I enjoyed that today, <laughs> apart from the last 10 minutes. It's the bottom half of League One, so don't expect it to be pretty. As someone else said, after their goal, there was only going to be one winner. The difference for me, they had an attacking side to their game and pushed forward in a way we couldn't. Their goal was a beauty that another day could have ended up anywhere. Bear's goal came straight towards me. How their keeper let it slip through, from my angle, I've no idea. I'm just glad we kept Dale Taylor quiet. Yes, I would have liked to have won it, but it were all right. We've gone up the table and OK, I don't see European football on the horizon, but no doom here. This is Wickham Sound. Bill Turnbull, a broadcasting legend whose tireless campaigning for prostate cancer awareness left a lasting legacy for men's health in the UK. Bill's message was clear. I really want you and your loved ones to take this simple online risk check now. Let's honour Bill's legacy together. Let's get men across the UK to check their risk. Let's broadcast it like Bill. Check your risk. Share the risk checker. Save lives. We could use this time to tell you that 89% of the UK population tunes into the radio every week and every £1 spent on radio advertising delivers twice the audience of any other medium. Or we could fill this spot with your advert. Wickham Sound has a range of bespoke packages tailored to suit your budget and options to either create or send us your advert. Plus, a 10-minute interview to plug your company. For more information, go to wickhamsound.org.uk or give us a call on 01494 44 Advertising with Wickham Sound has never been easier. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. You are listening to Ringing the Blues and coming up now we have a chat with development manager Sam Grace about a busy start to the year, but it's always busy at Wickham Wanderers. Sam, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Phil. And it's a busy start to the new year as well. We've got a new player <laughs> in, announced on New Year's Day. You must be delighted. Yeah, this, is, this has been our very own sort of transfer saga. Um, Going back way back to two years ago when we first saw Richard, um, remember him training on the pitch at Adams Park and Vokes he had just signed and Bayo was there and remember asking them, you know, what they thought of him. They're saying, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got some bits. And obviously, with it, where his visa was at the time, we knew we couldn't sign him. Uh, touch base again this summer, 
and he and they felt it was close. So obviously played the games for us pre-season. So then like, can we get everything done in time? Unfortunately, we didn't have what we needed to to have it done by the window because when you change from amateur to professional status, it must be done in the transfer window. So yeah, a lot of learnings for us on that side on, on all those intricacies. That's where Tom Holder has been great. Um, so Richard's trained with us really since that game, sort of the week before the Worldstone game, um, and sorry, the Aldershot game, and then the Worldstone game. Um, played in friendlies, scored goals, training regularly with us. So yeah, it's this kind of one that we've, it's been our three more months, two more months, few more weeks. So Richard, as much as anyone is absolutely uh, chomping at the bit and can't wait to get going. This is, that's why the club back here a bit. So two years he's been, you know, not only on the radar, but actually on the pitch at one point, two years ago. Two years, yeah, two years ago. Um, one of the stipulations of his, um, of his visa was that he couldn't play above that level. So people are, are wondering why, you know, there's this player scoring loads of goals that didn't step up maybe to four, to three, to two. Uh, that, that's the reasons why he wasn't able to. So tell us about the level he's been playing at Athletic Newham, um, Essex Senior League. Yeah, that, that, that's right. So he's been playing for Athletic Newham now for the last two or three seasons. Obviously scored over 100 goals. Uh, the, the clips are out there every week, different types of goals. And I think that's one of the things that we love about Richard. You, uh, running behind, uh, he'll, he'll beat people with footwork, um, he's a threat in the air, Lincoln combined, there's a, a randomness to his play that makes him very hard to defend against. And this is not the first time a player would have come from, from that level into the Football League. I mean, Alice Fometti, I think it was a few steps higher than that, but it shows you that, that players are out there and they can do it. Yeah, I think football has, everyone has different journeys and different stories. And Anis ended up playing there a little bit because of COVID season and wanted to stay fit. Uh, Riches with visa issues, uh, players come late to the game or maybe fall out of it and come back again or, or I just want to want to stay locally. So yeah, uh, once again, we're, all, we're always looking everywhere and um, trying to make those assessments and find those next gems. And I suppose the thing, again, going back to the timeline, you find someone you're excited about and then to then have to follow that for, for that period of time must have been incredibly frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, obviously, there's other interests from other clubs in that time for Rich. And he, you know, he did train with the Premier League team um, in that period, um, which probably went on longer than we thought. So he trained up, ended up for a few weeks. I think probably um, after a while, he begins to see that Obviously, the facilities, the opportunities to train with um, high-level profile players at Premier League is wonderful. But for starting your career, where you're not just up against first-team players, you're up against 21s players, you're up against maybe players below you as well that the club rate very highly, um, at Wickham, it's quite clear who's in the building. Um, who do I have to impress? Well, I'm seeing the management every day. And I think after a while, he's like, actually, this, this is probably the best place for me to get going. And he's been around the training ground since that pre-season as well. It's, it's not yeah. like it's just been he played and then we've had to wait. He, he's been able to almost integrate into, into the club over this period. Yeah, he's, um, he's uh, around sort of North London way. So he's been getting a lift with Lorry some days. He's been getting planes, trains and automobiles across, uh, across London. Um, getting the buses and everything. So, yeah, fully committed, fully in. Um, yeah, he's, he's well accustomed to what we're looking for, how we train. And, you know, that was one of the things I think probably impressed me most the second time he came back in 
Uh, one day he was on the opposition and he's gone to press high and his teammates haven't gone with me. And he's, he's come over side and go, right, what's the deal here? How, how are we supposed to be pressing? Because I'm not pressing. I'm not pressing on my own. He had that energy. He wanted to, but you know he's too switched on. So yeah, his uh, his game understanding since he first came in, I think, has really uh, pushed on. Um, and back to the uh, development approach. What's the what's the expectations of, of Richard uh, between now and the end of this season, and, and then moving forwards? Yeah. He's trained really brightly, as anyone would have to do for us to sign with them. Um, the friendlies again, he's played well. The next step is 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 always a question mark. Until players do it, you're never you're never fully sure. Um, obviously, he's he's training well at the moment in front of the gaffer, so opportunity may come. Um, we've got obviously the cup game coming up next Tuesday, uh, where there have been debuts. Um, so, yeah, well, I think. For this period now, um, we'll see how he how he gets on, and it'll be up to um, Gaffer um, to see where he thinks he fits in. And the wonderful thing is, you've done this before with players. I mean, Jasper Pattenden's a big plus this season. We always have a, a breakthrough, uh, at least one a season, and, and Jasper's come in and taken his chance as well, hasn't he? Yeah, Jasper, Jasper's done really well. Um, you know, going back to Gaffer's comments again at the start, he. At the start of the season, he's probably going what in that position for right wing back. You've got Jack, you've got Jason, you've got Kane, you've got Wheels has, has played there. And if you want an attacking option, you might play a wing in that position. So uh, fair play to him. He, he trained like, no, I want that. And it just means that if that opportunity does come, you've you've made it very hard for you not to be selected. And uh, credit to him. And, and you know now as, as he returns close to fitness, he, he's got to show those levels again because. Um, you know that that's that's gone now to show why again you might deserve a place in the squad and then the team. So, again, the timeline: you you find someone like Jasper, you see him, yeah, you meet him, you get him in, then you work on him here, mentally, physically, tactically. What's it like for you when he then makes his debut in the first team? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's there's a there's a pride in anyone that that uh, gets any minutes, Make, making the squad, getting a few minutes, coming with substitutes, making a start. Um, just about constantly refining and making sure that we think they're ready. And I, th I think, I said, this group, I mean, it's been very unfortunate. I think Christie and Declan, with their injuries, possibly would have had a, a few more minutes. Um, they've, they've been very unlucky with that. But again, now it's back to them to show back to those levels. Um, the, the hard thing with football is opportunities can, can open up at times, but they can quickly close again um, based on form, based on injuries, based on who we're playing against different formations. So um, I, I think it's been really good for those players this year to, to realise that they have to keep performing at that consistent level. They've got to, there's got to be reliability almost that you know, if Gaffer puts them in, he's going, what does their, almost their worst performance look like? If that's acceptable, and I know they can play at a better level, then actually I'll give them a go. Has the 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 run in the in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, as it's called now, has that that run been a, a godsend for you as well? Because it's provided uh, a a winning environment, but also more games. Yeah, when we have the game, so obviously we play the friendlies with usually the substitutes and development group players, and whilst they're always beneficial and we're always learning something we always um, we'll always video them and review them having a competitive game where it's a little bit different you know if look for Declan playing at Stevenage where he's going to get that aerial bombardment that's not happening in a friendly to the same level those pressures um, so those those com those competitive games are uh, 
really, really valuable for those. And yeah, having another one again, it's that, that extra level of competitiveness, you know, training levels go up again because they want to be involved. Uh, and one of the things I remember you saying to me in one of our interviews down the years, uh, you look to have a player come in and then if and when they leave the club, they're in a much better position than when they walked in. Ali Alhamadi, you must take an immense sense of pride from what he's doing for Wimbledon in League Two. Yeah, Ali, Ali's done. Uh, Ali's done really well. And um, obviously, when, when he leaves, you, you watch you watch the footage, and you know you're always comparing to what what it looked like here, what it looked like there. And you go, okay, so he's he's got some goals where he's been in the right right position. He's got some nice tap-ins. You go, okay, that's a great start. But as it's gone on. Uh, the quality of the goals he's scoring has definitely gone up. I think he's now sort of focal point first on the team sheet. Um, and again, it doesn't surprise me in terms of Ali's very focused, his mentality, um, knew what he wanted to be, where he wanted to go, um, great work ethic. Um, we are practising at, at the end of training regularly on his finishing from crosses. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, sh I'm sure there'll be a lot more to come for him in his career. And he's not doing it in a Wickham Wanderers shirt, but there is... Uh, a relationship in terms of the the deal that was done, so there is an asset out there for Wickham Wanderers that has again come through the system. Yeah, there is um, there is a sell on there, um, so yeah, we kind of if, if he does go, we hope it's for as much as possible. It's that time of the show till death us do part. Football is like a marriage. Once you've got your football club, they're yours for life. And this is where we talk to Wickham Wanderers fans about their favourite memories of our wonderful club. And we're going overseas again for this episode because we're speaking to Michael Housechild. I hope I've pronounced your name, Michael. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, Phil. Um, I'm good, thank you. But it's um, it's like a house shield. House shield. Okay. Yes. So, right, That's house nice. shield. So I've got the first yeah. part right, the Our House bit, which is uh, obviously the Wickham connection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And whereabouts are you in the world? I'm in uh, in Denmark, uh, just approximately 30 miles outside of Copenhagen in a small village where we live. So, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Where, where does your Wickham Wanderers journey start? How did you become a Wickham fan? It was actually quite a funny story. Um, I was playing a computer game called Premier Manager, which was released in 1992. And Wickham has just missed out on promotion to the Football League, to Colchester, and they were the best team in the conference. So obviously, obviously I wanted to start with the best team in order to succeed. And I just fell in love with, yeah, with Wickham because it took him into the Premier League and become the best team in the world. And... It was just one of these Eureka moments where something bigger was meant to happen. <laughs> so you took, you've won the Premier League with Wickham Wanderers. That's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> did you have to make yeah. a lot of signings along the way or did you take that conference team to the very top? Um, I actually think most of the players stayed on, um, especially Gobby and Carroll. I remember the wing partnership from back then and they became world-class players. And I even think that probably Glenn Creaser stayed for a few years as well. But he was of age, of course. But he guided us probably into League One at that time. Fantastic. So a lot of our fans, when you talk about sort of computer games or video games, 
it's the Akin Fenra effect, but I love the fact that this is a computer game story from the early 90s. This is brilliant. This is what football's all about, isn't it? Exactly. So let's get on with the feature then. So we talk about something old, which is our favourite ever memory of Wickham Wanderers. What's yours to be? Um, I actually had to go with the first time I stepped foot on Adams Park, which was in March 97. And we played Bristol Rovers at home. And as I recall, I think John Gregory has just signed Mark Stella the day before for approximately £100,000 from Bradford City. And he scored that day alongside Steve Brown. And I remember standing in the terraces with my mate. Um, and it was just to be involved in such a situation where you're going to watch a team you have no knowledge about where we're in the world. We knew that it was in a high wake, but we never knew anything about it at all. And it was just so intense, that moment when Mark Stanard scored in the second half. I can't really remember what I was doing in that exact moment, but it was amazing. And it's again, it's worth pointing out, like in the 90s, um, this is sort of pre-internet really, isn't it? So it's not like it is now where you can watch and listen to every game uh, from from Denmark. Back then, how were you sort of consuming Wickham and, and accessing the information you needed as a fan? How did it happen? C-Fax. Really? BBC C-Fax, yeah. We, we watched C-Fax. Yeah, uh, we had the uh, cable TV and uh, BBC. So it was C-Fax every Saturday afternoon from three to five. Um, and just as the scores scrolled in on the C-Fax and then there was match of the day later on. Um, and it was really there. We saw every score there from Wickham Wonders, whether it was Tuesday night or Saturday afternoon or whatever. It was just, we were really into it, but it was not like today, as you say, where you can listen to the radio or watch it on iFollow or Wanderers TV. So back then it was more like getting to Wickham was amazing. It, it still is today, but it was more brilliant back then because of you, you you weren't able to watch us on the telly. So, so Mark Stallard signing and scoring on his debut, which happened mm. to be your debut at Adams Park as well, five years yeah. after you took Wickham Wanderers to the Premier League on Premier Manager. Uh, yeah. That must have been a mag magical moment for you to walk through the gates of Adams Park even. It, it was amazing. Uh, I mean, it was it was like, again, one of these Eurocan moments. You, you can't really set your mind into it before you went into those gates and it was just did you even know what the stadium looked like until you got there no we hadn't got an idea we didn't know even know where where, where high wickham were except that it was <laughs> west of, of of um west of london and we had to i mean it was so intense to get to 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 high wickham we had to fly to stansted stay over for a night and then drive on a coach to the old bus station um, and it was we didn't know anything about High Wycombe <laughs> oh and, this is wonderful but yeah it, it, it was again it was once in a lifetime back then but of course I've been there several times afterwards but that exact moment was just yeah 
it still stands very, very clear in my memory today. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, let's move on to the current day then, because we talk about something new, which is your favourite player in the current squad. Who's it to be? Well, there is a few, and my wife will kill me for not saying Gareth McCleary, but, um, <laughs> well, when we went in September, when the Queen died, uh, we had the grand tour from from uh, from Neil Peters, and he gave me a signed championship shirt from Tafasoli. So actually, I've got a soft spot for him now, but I, but I think, in honesty, I think Dave Wheeler must be my favorite player because he's that Swiss knife. I, I think you could even put him in goal, and he would be brilliant. I mean, he's <laughs> such a character. He's uh, he's uh, he seems like a good lad. He does a lot for the community, um, and he's just this cool, collected, calm guy when he goes into the field and he's playing with such an determination wherever he's put in. So yeah, this was nice for me has to be. Ah, David Wheeler, then the first entry into the uh, into this feature for David Wheeler. Uh just touching on something you said there as well, because you came for the Port Vale game that was postponed because of uh, exactly. Her Majesty the Queen passing away. Uh, but that kind yeah. of also, like, adds to the to the jeopardy of being a fan from a long way overseas because you, obviously you'll come and get to uh, however many games as you can over a season, be it one or two. Um, but you know, I've I've been to games where we've got there and it's been postponed because of the weather or the pitch. Uh, and but for you guys, it's uh, you know, it's a long term commitment, isn't it? And you were just unlucky that get that weekend. Yeah, and no, because as. I just wanted to show my wife. It was her first time to Wickham, and we, I wanted to show the stadium. And and as it happens, as we come there, Neil Peters steps out of the gate, and he said to us, "Well, there's no game, no game today." And we said, "Yeah, we know that Queen had died, but I just wanted to show my wife the the stadium." And he gave us the grand tour, and it was, yeah, I, I was four years old, literally. It was so <laughs> like Christmas, really, but. Even better. Oh, even though you missed the game, you still had a magical experience at Alice Park. That's, that's what we like so, to hear. Right, on to the next bit. Something borrowed. Now, this is the your favourite ever loanee or favourite or, or player that Wickham Wanderers should have signed, in your opinion, but they didn't. Mm. Well, that's a tough one because I think there's been many good players. I, I remember Steve Castledine went on loan and was brilliant and then signed on a free transfer and was crap. <laughs> that was really, really horrifying to have him on a permanent. I, I think he played, I, I don't know how many games he played, but it was rubbish all along. Um, but actually, I, I think I have to go with Potts today yeah. because I think he's, he's a young player, but he plays with such determination like Wheeler and and maturity in his game, he's he's a future star to beat, really, in, in my opinion. And I think we're quite lucky to have him at this stage in his career. Because, as we saw when he was out injured, how much he was missed when you look at the last two games where he featured. And he was he was really pushing us forward, I think. Like a second captain or something like that. 
Yeah, he was magnificent on New Year's Day. This is because this is sort of based on a, a sort of a marriage theme. Um, they always say never fall in love with a lone player, Michael, but it sounds like you might have done. Well, yeah, but no. <laughs> I mean, he's just... <laughs> not, I mean, when he puts on that shirt, it, it, it's breathing Wickham. You, you, you have your Phillips as well, or Harry Boys. I don't see that kind of commitment... Maybe a little bit in Phillips, but I think he's just, yeah, I think we're very lucky to have Potts. And you no doubt follow sort of other English football as well. I still take an immense amount of pride in watching uh, Eberici uh, Eza playing for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. And and also when he got in the England squad, um, he was never our player, but, you know, but I feel that we were an integral part of his journey. So I feel like we're, we're part of his DNA. So I do feel proud of, of Ezra when I see him playing at the top stage. Yeah, he was, he, I actually said it to, to, to my son um, the other day when we saw, we saw that game where he right booted with his outside of his foot in the top corner. I think he did it twice in that game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And yeah, once with his right, once with his left. Yeah, exactly. And it was, and I said to Marcus, my son, this player, watch him. And he said, yeah, yeah, he's just playing for Wickham. And then the other day, or the other, yeah, when when um, when he came into the England squad, and he phoned me up and said, okay, Dad, you was right, you were really right about this guy. And I said, yeah, I, I just could just see it that he was very good, but yeah, still pots for me. Okay, uh, you've got a son. Is he also a Wickham fan now through you? Yeah, he's become one through me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but for Watford, he has had him for many years, but he, he does, yeah, follow Wickham a bit. He, he also has a shirt and he wears it to school, and people is just like, What is that? The rugby team or something like that? No, it's a League One game, they win the championship. Oh, Akin Fenwa, and then they know it because of Akin Fenwa, the big beast, but. It's not why we like it, which is just it's funny how football works in mysterious ways, really. Marvellous. Right then, yeah. on to uh, uh, something blue. Now, this could be your favourite piece of Wickham Wanderers merchandise or an idea for the club to sell something in the shop. Uh, so as an overseas fan, I guess you have a, a slightly different take on this. Uh, what would, What's your answer to this one? Playing cards. Really? Like top yeah. trumps or...? No, just the regular bridge playing cards with four four joggers. You can have well fifty six legends of Wickham Wanderers in the league era. Um, I would buy that. <laughs> so actual like so like the the suits and all the other stuff, but the each yeah. card would have a, a Wickham Wanderers per player. Uh, oh, I, I like this. This is very good. Yeah, I just thought of the other day when I was out, out walking the dog, and I said, "And this question is going to be very difficult for me." And I just thought playing cards. You could have Martin O'Neill and Gareth Ainsworth as the joker as a manager, and yeah, it 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 has to be the league era, I, I think, because otherwise you could have so many fantastic players. But I mean, who wouldn't like to see Jason Cousins on a, a card? Dave Carroll, Thorpe Evans, Crossley. I mean, so many great players from yeah. the early days of my Wakem fanhood into today's and I can find one as well but but the team we had back then on playing cards would be magnificent 
that if, if we were to do it in the history of the club, 50s, that would be, be a hell of a challenge. And also there's a hierarchical system, isn't there? Because you've got your, your pitcher cards, uh, your kings, your queens, your jacks, and then you've got your regular cards as well. So, I mean, Akin Femmer would have to be a king. And if he wasn't, I'd, I wouldn't want to be around to tell him that he wasn't a king in the Wickham Wanderers playing cards. He has to be a top league goal scorer. You you can't take him out of the contention of being a king. But I mean, <laughs> my all-time favourite player, Justin Carson, has to be a king as well. But I don't Again, think I wouldn't want to tell Jason he wasn't a king either. <laughs> I'd rather die, really. <laughs> you probably would I mean, either way, whatever happened in that exactly. situation. <laughs> exactly, he was feared. Wicked Wondrous playing cards, right? This is going in the, the long list of things that we need to add to the club shop. Uh, Michael, when when can we next see you at Adams Park? Have you got a date in mind for when you can come over this season? I think it has to be next season because my wife and I turns 50 this season. So it has to be next season. Okay. I think it will be in the, in the, in the autumn of, of uh, 24. Fantastic. Well, we don't know uh, what the fixtures will be. Uh, on uh, for that yet, but we look forward to seeing you. And we know that you'll be following from afar as well on, on Wanderers TV and, and the rest of the output of the club. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for being there and for getting behind us from just outside Copenhagen. Well, thank you for having me, Phil. Right, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure too. Right, that's it for this week's show. Many thanks to Sam Grace and also Michael Houseshield. If you're wondering, how can I be the subject until death us do part? Well, drop me a line on the socials or media at www.fc.com. We'd love to feature your Wickham Wanderers stories. We'll be back next week with news of Wickham's game against Lincoln City at Adams Park in all the usual places and at the same time on Wickham Sound. In the meantime, come on you blues. <laughs>